Hi, everyone, and welcome to the spin off podcast, Virtual Event Stories. My name is Nikki, and I'm the co founder of Everywhere Plus. And if you've never heard of us before, we are the awesome virtual events platform for people that do good. And we host webinars, conferences, hybrid events for people in the not-for-profit sector to help them reach their audience, engage with their audience, fundraise, upskill their staff. Um, And we get to work with absolutely amazing people on their virtual events. And one of those amazing people I've actually got with me here today to speak to. So hi, Joanna, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm very, I'm very well, thank you. I said, didn't I? I was like, now we have to do that bit where we pretend we haven't <laughs> spoken before we started the podcast. But um, I know that you're good. And thank you so much for coming on to uh, speak to us because I know that you are incredibly busy. So for people that don't know Joanna Cullen, do you want to tell them a little bit about who you are and uh, and yeah, and what you're what you're working on right now? Sure. Um, well, I'm Joanna and I'm a sort of development manager at Sophie. Um, I look after all the donors and the website and just keeping it running. But really, I think the main thing is probably that a lot of people probably don't know what Sophie is, that they don't know, they don't even know what it is. Um, Sophie is the showcase of fundraising, innovation and inspiration. Um, but actually, we're a small charity. So uh, we were founded by Ken and Marie Burnett who basically just wanted to create something amazing for fundraisers, like a very comprehensive sort of collection of fundraising content from around the world. Um, so that's sort of how Sophie.org was born. And that's the website that I think a lot of people might might know of. We've got hundreds of case studies, articles, opinion pieces, all of them about fundraising, everything, every every last one of them, or maybe a few things about boards and things like that. But, but most people look, like the fundraising stuff. And it's sort of a bit of a museum of fundraising. It's sort of, it's evolving with ideas and approaches, got fundraising history. Um, and it's all there, you know, created by fundraisers for fundraisers. So the people who do the campaigns, send them to us, you know, we curate them and edit them and, and put them up. And we're just here to help fundraisers be the best that they can be very, like a very similar mission to sort of, you know, fundraising everywhere and everywhere plus, you know, but doing it in a totally different way. So we've got resources about like, you know, great thank you letters or how to do a, you know, great face-to-face, um, you know, campaign, anything that you can sort of think of, it might, there's probably something on Sophie. And if you're having a bit of a bad day, you're stuck in a bit of a rut, you can come and have a look at Sophie just in the same way that you might go and watch like a, you know, fundraising everywhere conference on, you know, virtual events or something like that. So it's just a really, it's a free resource, free resource for people who love fundraising. I love that. And that's why we like working together as well. Because yeah. The different, yeah, the different mediums, like the different topics and things like that. And I love that that is such an accessible resource. But that sounds like a lot. Um, And in your team, Joanna, how many of you are working there at the moment? Well, we're we're a team of freelancers, so mm-hmm. there's usually around sort of two or three of us, and then we have a we've quite a big board, um, about eight eight on our board. The chair of our board is Meredith Niles, who's an extremely experienced fundraiser, um, you know, from the likes of Marie Curie um, and and lots of other organizations, and we supported by some very able um, financial specialists and things like that that really help us to. To, to deliver the content. But I think the main thing about Sophie is that so much of it is sourced from the community. So the, while we're a small team, we still have access to a lot of great fundraising information because um, people people send it in to us. And that's the that's the main the main way that we sort of source all this great content. Thank you. Um, one of the ways that you share great fundraising inspiration with the sector is through an event called I Wished I'd Thought of That, 
which I used to call it. I wish I thought of that in its entirety, like the whole time until I started working with these and then it became iwitot. And I was like, actually, that is a, a lot easier to, to say it that way. Um, so for people that don't know about iwitot and how that helps the sector and, you know, what that particular event is, do you want to share a little bit with sure. um, our listeners about that? Sure. So, I mean, the, the, the first thing is, I love it how some people say iwitot. And then when we do ones with Americans, they say, I would taught sometimes, and then, and and I just think it's amazing how that the from something. I mean, I think I would taught is probably right because it's I wish I thought that, but anyway, um, we're not changing it now. This is, so this my is my accent is a mashup. So <laughs> yeah. So basically, it would taught um, as I say it, um, like you say, is I wish I'd thought of that, and it's something that um, all the credit goes to James Briggs and Tim Longford at Open, um, who I believe were having a lunch with Ken Burnett. Possibly Joe Burnett as well. I wasn't invited to you. I know. It was a long time ago. Well, we know it was at least over 10 years ago, right? Um, right. Oh, I thought you meant it was like recently. I was like, oh, we're all getting together. Sorry, sorry. Carry on. So they, 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 um, Open had been sort of a longtime supporter and sort of love, lover of Sophie um, and had always supported Ken and, and Marie and everybody who had set up Sophie. And they wanted to find another way that they could help support. And I don't know if it was Tim or James or which one exactly, but one of them had an idea that, you know, what if we invited people into a room, we gave them these sort of seven minutes, a short, sharp uh, presentation and said, share the fundraising idea that you've seen, that you love, that you wish you thought of. And hence it was called, I wish I'd thought of that. Um, and it was just a great way as well for younger speakers to start out or newer newer voices in the sector. It wasn't always sort of like consultants standing up talking about things that they liked. And because the premise was to not talk about your own work, it was it was just really fun. Nobody was standing there going, and then I did this and aren't I wonderful? You know, it was all about celebrating other people, sharing other people's success, you know, championing what's good and what's new and exciting in, in the sector. I mean, not every campaign featured would be successful necessarily, but um, it, it would have something in it that would inspire you as a fundraiser. So these were these were in-person events. Um, they used, did them at a few different venues, I think started out the Barbican, they moved to Amnesty, and now we've moved it elsewhere. But it's just a, a basically a, a different spin on the usual fundraising conference. Sharp, sharp, seven minutes, about 13 speakers from all different um, organizations. And it's just a really, really, really fun way to get a bunch of fundraisers in the room and raise money for Sophie because we are a little charity. Yeah, shout out to the lads. Shout out to yeah. the lads, like I'm a DJ. Um, <laughs> at Open because wherever you are whatever you're doing <laughs> <laughs> um because they are good eggs um and i know that they sure. like they, they genuinely like do uh, care about pushing good out into the sector uh, in different ways of doing that my experience with iwi tot um is much like a lot of people's i guess so when i was fresh to the sector i went along to an event and i was like this is mint like how do i get involved and then um I, I can't remember what happened the next year. I think I was, I think I was out. It was a Saturday or Sunday or whatever. And I'd seen that Josh had put something on social about it. And I just messaged and I was like, let me do this. I'd be really good at it. And then they were like, okay. Cause I think someone had like dropped out at the time. So I ended up coming in as a speaker. And then the last three years, I think it's been three years. Um, I've been involved in the organizing yeah. side of it as well. So that's been a, a lovely journey um, of kind of grown through my career. And I love how the event um, really, like you say, you know, shares these ideas that we might not hear of otherwise, but celebrates all of the innovation and fantastic work that happens in the sector that might not always get the 
spotlight that it needs or deserves and the delivery of always is dead um like relaxed and just nice and authentic so yeah I love the vibe of the event um your experience with Iwi Top for the past few years has been a little bit uh up Different. and down yes because you were in you I think it was um so it was supposed to be April 2020 when no 2019 um, I think it was 20 oh was it 20 no 2020 yeah you're right yeah it was 2020 they'll have to yeah. edit that out no no grand we'll leave it in so it's fine authentic chat it's okay so 20 it was because it was supposed to be april 2020 and then obviously yeah. march 2020 you know covid so you folks were like thrown into the world of virtual at that point but i do believe you already had a virtual element planned um because you, you were doing both at the time in 2020 so T- tell me a little bit about your experience of um, growing Iwi Tot, you know, from this in-person event, uh, you know, prior to 2019 yeah. to 2020, including a virtual element and, you know, what that's been like for you, who was, who was quite new to, to that format. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, COVID really forced our hand in going completely virtual. I mean, definitely, you know, Open and Sophie before my time, you know, they had, they'd always sort of recorded the the full in-person session. They always had the videos of the sessions up on the site, you know, so they were sort of, you know, doing a great job of adding that sort of, you know, accessible, having the video content there as well as having a write-up of the the presentations that had been done. So there was always a sort of a, you know, a bit of a virtual element like that, but it had never been live for the virtual attendees until, um, you know, COVID happened and we quickly realized that this is our biggest fundraising event that we do every single year, our biggest earner. And what are we going to do? And luckily, um, you know, you were involved, you know, via open and we were able to, you know, do everybody, the, the, the buzzword, we pivoted to online and we put the whole thing online and um, did it all completely live with, I think, do we, I think you think on the first one, we did question and answer after each presentation as well. You know, we had multiple, like multiple hosts. <laughs> it was a beast. Yeah, we really, we really, it was so long. I think everyone was absolutely exhausted. We had the funny moments where somebody played um, a video that had Disney music in it and it sounded like a cow was sort of like mooing across. <laughs> the screen and there was loads of you know but it did but it was really really good um but it was a huge learning curve in terms of you know at the time the three of us at working at Sophie had had no experience of delivering an online event you know and to be honest open had done the majority I think of a lot of the in-person part of the event up until that point anyway I'd never even been to an in-person it was (laughs) so I didn't even know how it actually worked in person apart from what I could see on the videos um but you know through working with fundraising everywhere and and open we we were able to to take something that we'd not previously done in person and actually it worked really nicely online you know especially the 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 nature of it being short sharp presentations you know it did it actually was good and people seemed to really enjoy it so that was kind of one year and we did really well um that year to you know still raise all the money that we'd wanted to raise I mean we sold a ton of tickets that year we didn't do any sponsorship or anything like that so that was just pure ticket sales we actually exceeded our target I mean I think I would have been happy if we just got close to it but we exceeded our financial target and we're just the the relief was immense you know absolutely immense and we were so grateful to everybody at open and fundraising everywhere and you that had supported us and I still I mean you you taught us everything we knew and so then so then what we did was we took it you know, while the pandemic sort of continued, we took it to um, 
to over to the Americas. So, you know, we got our sort of Canadian, American, South American colleagues doing an American one. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a Spanish language one that was done. Um, You know, it, it kind of spiraled and sort of we were able to actually still achieve these fundraising goals by doing it all virtually. Um, but I think the main thing is, is that you really do need the people there and the experts in that vir- virtual events. Um, you know, it's not as easy as just getting Zoom and and doing it that way. We we did do some smaller ones on Zoom and we have done them and they're, they're okay. But I do think it, that having the right platform that is completely set up and tailored to you know, and they didn't pay me to say this, to doing virtual <laughs> events like Everywhere Plus really is what makes it, you know, and even the way that your platforms have evolved in that time yeah. since we've done that original one in the pandemic is huge. Um, so we couldn't have done that. And I know that, you know, Open will say the same, that, you know, everybody who's worked on it from the Open side and the Sophie side, I'm sure will say that, um, you know, we've learned a huge amount through through working with you and and been able to still achieve our fundraising goals and reach even more people. Because before this was a room of, you know, 150, maybe 200 people that you mm-hmm. could, that, that were able to sort of have access to this. And if it sold out, it was, it, you know, it wasn't a cheap ticket. I'm not going to lie to go to one in person, you know, for a lot of small charities or people um, who were living in other parts of the country and had to factor in transport, you know, maybe an overnight stay, all the food and stuff that you might need to, to just go to, a, you know, an afternoon event that might not have been feasible, mm-hmm. but suddenly it was, it was open to all. And I think also that then became part of what we realized that's that's what Sophie is. Sophie's always been that, you know, something that's that's more accessible to everybody, that's accessible to everyone in the world. And suddenly through virtual events and by, you know, continuing to work on evolving it with open and fundraising everywhere, we were able to deliver that. And and to you as well, Joanna, because you never saw it as a um like I have to do. It wasn't like, oh, we'll have to do virtual. Like let's just like push it out. Like you were always very um proactive on like improving the experience like making the best it could possibly be whether that was you know outsourcing and and using our platform um, and thank you for saying lovely things about that but even so far as you know thinking about the speakers that you platformed the format mm-hmm. of that you know how how we could um include attendees in it so you and your approach to it definitely helped as well because you definitely had a growth mindset with it there and you were like actually like like you said at the beginning you know this is great we're reaching more people we're actually able to raise more money this way and that's fantastic um quick question just on the platform one because I was giving someone a tour of the platform yesterday um and she said you know what's the difference between this and zoom and I was like, well, I mean, I've just shown you <laughs> from, a, from a user perspective. For I you, hope she's not listening to this. <laughs> no, well, if she did, it was a fair question because, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is the case because people are like, well, virtual events, that's, you know, that's what people are used to. And now it's about like building on that experience and showing people, I think, is the best possible way because it's like, hey, well, here's Zoom, which is Zoom. And then and, here's like a fully branded platform. Yeah, but for yeah. you as a user and having to use it to raise money and engage people, like what for you was the the, the biggest benefit of using a platform that was set up for events? Um, well, I mean, I am not a prolific Zoom user as evidenced by me trying to get into this recording today. But um, <laughs> so I don't know all the bells and whistles that Zoom has. Um, and I think that a lot of small charities will probably have people like <laughs> their stuff may be the same as me. You know, we're not doing big events on Zoom regularly. We don't host big meetings. So I've never needed to know maybe all the bells and whistles that, that Zoom has. But I think the the, the main thing 
I mean, actually, even if we're not talking about the platform is we're talking about the dedicated support that you're getting. So the fact that she can ask you, you know, what's different about this or what else is there, you've got a person there that's telling mm-hmm. you, you're, if you're on Zoom, you know, you, you're not having a person there that can point you towards all the things and the different things that you can do to make the event the best it can be. Yeah. But I think for us, it's things like, you know, even from your original iteration of Everywhere Plus, you had, you know, ways that people could donate. Now you had tickers running across the bottom with, you know, useful information. But now at the, the, the version that we just used at our hybrid event, to me, it was incredible. You know, all the things like the, um, the, the goodie bags and the resources that are accessible to the the online users, all the different things that you can put on there. You can take things from your sponsors. You can put them in there. We put in a bunch of things about our organization that we wanted people to see. Um, the polls are really great. You know, the the ability for us to vote on the fake, because that's part of it as well, which I forgot to mention. But people vote on the idea, not the person, but they vote on the idea that they like the best. So the ability for us to set up that voting really easily, you know, on your on your platform and then have a QR code so that the people in the room could also vote on the very same poll, you know, is, was incredible, but it's just that it's that chat. It's the chat, the technicians working, you know, behind the scenes coming into the chat to help while you're trying to do other things. And I think that's what makes the platform really special is that you've got this almost like green room behind the scenes that I know you kind of have on zoom, but it just feels a lot easier to use. Everything feels more intuitive and somebody like me who is not good at tech, I find it very simple to go into the back of Everywhere Plus and add stuff to the resources, you know, online resources to set up the polls, to do all those things, you know, put the imagery on there. Um, I think it's just really intuitive and easy to use, but it's got that bonus stuff. Like we can, you know, we can get donations, we have donate now button and things like that, which, you know, does help us to, to make it even more profitable. Thank you. I will be taking that bit out for a soundbite. So that's appreciated. Um, You're welcome. Now you touched on your hybrid one and that's what I want to chat with you about because not only did you um, never get to go to an in-person that we taught then had to organize a virtual one. Your first in-person event back on the scene was a hybrid we taught that happened in November and an event that ended up being on the day of a strike um so yes. just, do you remember so like yeah. all all of these things together um so for you once the opportunity came back to host in-person events what was the reason behind your decisions to keep that virtual element in there um and from having a hybrid event what was it that you were aiming to achieve um I mean I'll be it's kind of like I just think there was no way that we would have abandoned abandoned the online option that that had we'd used and had served the fundraisers and served our little charity as well as it had for those couple of years that we that we had to do all virtual because it was just clear that it was making it accessible to people that would not be able to be in the room you know it, it was just it was really really clear um the fact that we can put the online version on at a price point that is really really reasonable um I think ours has always been 25 pounds, you know, compared to what the cost we we charge for an in-person ticket um, just instantly makes it more accessible. Plus the things like all the subtitling, you know, and everything that you can get by doing it on Everywhere Plus means that it, it it's just, it's literally like a no brainer. And I, I don't know 
why people wouldn't do it, especially because we really didn't have a ton of extra budget. So it wasn't like it was hugely more expensive to do them both. It was kind of like you made a really awesome in-person event, which for me was petrifying and terrifying. And actually the fact that it was going to be online was like the easiest part for me because I knew that I knew a bit more about that and I knew that you guys would really look after it well. But there, you know, I think I think that there's there's different things about how to make it work, and I've learned I learned a lot in that one in that one uh, hybrid event about how to you need to be really, really careful about all of your timings and be prepared for like every eventuality. Every tech failure that is like annoying when you're in the room at something is like amplified when you're doing it hybrid. But as long as you have a plan, you know, people understand and they they accept that you roll with the punches and that you're learning and that you will keep going. And I think being afraid of doing something hybrid is not a good reason not to do it anymore because I think people are actually way more forgiving as well that it may not be like the slickest, most perfect thing. But I don't know. I watched ours back and I thought it looked pretty slick. <laughs> you know, I thought that was pretty good. And you can go in and edit and add little videos into your recording where the sound was messed up. You know, we did things like that after the fact when one of the sound, um, the mics sort of failed. We managed to get that person to record it and insert it into the recording. And, you know, it's it's all there. Um but I don't. I just really think it's it was a no brainer. I don't think we could have just done it in person. People would have revolted. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was in the room and I was like, oh, I want to be on the online one because the the because in a in an in person event you can't like speak in the audience because that would just be rude. Um, but online, yeah. like the chat box was jumping and we and so for people listening, if you didn't experience the hybrid uh, Ewe Tosh, you can still actually access the online one. Um, so do head mm-hmm. to sophie.org to find that. But the setup was, so we, there was um, in-person attendees, uh, capacity 150. And even with the tube strike, we, we still got about 110, 120 there, didn't we, in person? Yeah, um, I mean, the room was pretty much full yeah. when you think about the, all mm-hmm. the speakers that we had in addition and everything like that. We couldn't yeah. have had too many more people. So, And you had like 200 and odd joining in online. So like Sixty-five, yeah. Oh, two sixty-five. Okay, sorry. So the the hybrid, like the 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 virtual, didn't affect the in-person. The in-person didn't affect the virtual. It was just people loved having the choice, and you actually reached more people and made more money by having it hybrid, which is good. Um, yeah. But online, you had a separate host. So we had uh, the wonderful Josh Lee, who was like just a virtual event Comparable. host now. I think yeah. is the, <laughs> is the thing, uh, and and he was um, like referencing. Uh, online attendees bringing them into the conversation and then throwing the feedback to the in-person venue where the speakers were speaking from you used an AV team as uh, so audio and visual team who had like the tech equipment and things like that because if you are doing a hybrid event if you haven't got experience with you know cameras mics lights outsource that to someone that does yes, because the quality of sure. it yeah you can't have a hybrid event um without having like qual- quality sound and audio and if you can't afford AV um, just do your hybrid events on different days, you know, have the in-person on one day and, and, the, and the virtual on, on the other. So there's definitely ways around it. And then obviously you were using the Everywhere Plus platform to, to stream the, the online elements. So you had loads of different kind of uh, support functions there to, 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 to draw upon. And then you were in the room and, and managing the speakers and, and helping everybody um, that was there in person have, have a wonderful time. Um, in terms of like, what you enjoyed most about the experience that you weren't expecting? What's the standout bit for you um, about the the first hybrid we taught? I mean, 
Well, I mean, obviously I enjoyed being in the room with the other fundraisers. I think that, you know, I hadn't done that in a while. So to, to be at a real Iwatot was great. But I think that it just, it felt really good to know that there was a ton of other people in other, you know, far flung corners of the world that were also kind of there with us. And I think that the speakers and like you say, the other people that we worked with, so the AV team and everybody opened, like we, everybody did a good job of making sure that it, it, it was integrated. So, you know, the speakers were saying, you know, raise your hand at home. I, I, if, you, if you're at home, I can't see you, that type of thing. But it, it did feel like there, everyone was together and that there were other people sort of, you know, somewhere out there watching. And I thought that was actually really nice. It was just this feeling of this amazing feeling in the room that was then being beamed out to the, the world was, was really nice. Um, and I think that the fact knowing that everybody was getting a great experience and like you say, actually, you know, some people were getting online, were getting, you know, in some ways, uh, some bonus experiences, you know, um, they were getting to see Josh in his dressing gown and all the little titles that the people <laughs> in the tech team at fundraising everywhere were giving him, you know, like slip, slipper king or whatever, you know, things that, like that. I think that knowing that everybody was having a really good experience was just, was really, was really great and really nice. And also just, feeling proud that a tiny charity like us, you know, um, was able to pull something like that off with the support of, of, of other people who care about, care about the charity and care about the fundraising community was really nice. And you smashed your fundraising goals, which is, we did, we did really well. Good. Well done. Congratulations. Um, so if anyone listening to this is perhaps thinking about organizing their first online event or first virtual event, what are the three things that they have to do? I think, well, so I had to think about this. I, I was told a few of the questions in advance. So I did have a think about this. And I think the main thing is, is that, is to rather than be afraid, like you say, of things like, oh, how much is the AV going to cost? You know, I'm going to have to pay for a room. Then I'm going to have to pay for all this AV. Then I'm going to have to pay for the online part of it. Is just start early. Start, start sooner than you think you need to start. Because not only do you need to create a really great event, but you need to think now about, what's going to be great for the person in the room and how you can make that same thing great for the person at home. So I would say um, start start soon. Um, two, I would say I would have a very, very close eye on your budget, um, you know, and think about what, you know, for example, I had thought, oh, you know, I don't want to spend too much dressing the room, things like that. But in the end, you know, having those, and it was you that said, we definitely need to have this Iwatot 10 in lights, you know, making sure you have something that looks really great. You can't, you don't just make it so that you've got a camera like against a white wall with a projector behind it. It's not going to be that nice for the people in the room and it's not going to be that nice for people at home. So, you know, keep a close eye on your budget and, and have a think about, you know, where, to spend your money and where that impact's going to be. And I definitely think that, you know, having a really good hybrid and having a good online platform is, is a good way to spend the money. And it actually does cost less, I think, than people think it will cost. Um, it definitely costs less than I thought it was cost. And third, oh my goodness, what would my third topic be? I would say that to not lose focus on on your speakers and your and your your content being really good. I think it's quite easy to get caught up in like the finer detail of how to make it work. And if in the end you've done all this hard work and you haven't focused on like having a really great panel of speakers that really reflects and represents everybody that you want it to, then and you, and you haven't taken the time to really curate the content, then you know, is it already worth it? But yeah, you've got a lot of people that are going to be watching it. So you want it to be great. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot more people watching it than I expected we we're going to be watching it. So I was glad that, you know, we did spend a lot of time um, getting our panel sorted and, and really finding some really dynamic people to speak. 
That's a good, and that's a good problem to have too many, like so many people watching, but you're right. Like what you put into it is what you get out of it. And yes, you can yeah. throw together a cheap event, stick a camera in the room and host it on zoom. But like, what's the point? Cause you've just wasted all your time and effort because the people yeah. aren't going to enjoy it. They're not going to give you money or engage with your cause or follow on a relationship with you. Cause they'll be like, well, that felt, you know, crap. Yeah. Like, why would I want to go back and do it again? So yes, really well done to you. Will you do it again? Yeah, for sure. I think we definitely will. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that it really does represent what Sophie wants to do, which is be accessible to everyone that needs us. And I think to go back to a, a, a purely in-person one would be a difficult move to make, um, especially for our, our flag, flagship, you know, um, event that, that we that we put so much effort into. If you're putting all that effort into it, then make it available to as many people as you can. Amazing. Well, Thank you for working with us on your event. Thank you for trusting us with your event. But most of all, thank you for your approach to virtual and hybrid events. You know, you are a small team. You did have small budgets, but you have achieved massive things by outsourcing, you know, getting sponsors in to help you with uh, budgets and venues and, you know, working with us with the platform and management. So you've shown how it is possible. And I really appreciate you coming and chatting with us today um, to share with the listeners as well about how they can do it. So good luck with everything Iwitot everywhere, wherever you do it, like whatever country, whatever language. Uh, I'm very proud of everything that you've done, Joanna. And uh, I'm I'm glad that you've just enjoyed it while you've been doing it. So thank you. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. And thanks for um, continually evolving your product so that it's easy to use for people like us who have uh, zero <laughs> skills in that area <laughs> it makes our life easier thanks, thanks, Simon. thanks Nikki. Cheers. <laughs> all right bye bye